Tonight, trending in New York, voters speak out on the issues that matter most to them. From the migrant crisis to crime to Israel, the surprising numbers of a new state poll. Then, fare and toll evasion cost the MTA nearly a billion dollars last year. But do you know how much it may end up costing you? Metro Focus starts right now. This is Metro Focus with Raphael P. Ramon, Jack Ford, and Jenna Flanagan. Metro Focus is made possible by the Peter G. Peterson and Joan Gans Cooney Fund, Philemon M. D'Agostino Foundation, Barbara Hope Zuckerberg, and by Jody and John Arnhold, Bernard and Denise Schwartz, Dr. Robert C. and Tina Sohn Foundation, the Ambrose Monell Foundation, Estate of Roland Carlin. Good evening and welcome to Metro Focus. I'm Jenna Flanagan. The latest Siena poll of New Yorkers focuses on the influx of migrants coming into the state, indicating that this issue remains a top concern for most voters. 84% of registered voters in the state view the influx of migrants as a, quote, serious problem. The poll also asked New Yorkers for their perspectives on various other important issues, including the war in Israel and Gaza, the state's current direction, and the 2024 presidential candidates. And on that last question, the findings reveal potentially troubling numbers for Democrats and President Joe Biden. So joining us to discuss the poll in more details is Siena College pollster Steve Greenberg. Steve, welcome to Metro Focus. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so let's first start with, I guess, the top issue, and that would be uh, the migrants coming into New York City and going into different parts of New York State. What did the poll tell us? Well, as you said, I think one of the the most important top-line findings is the fact that 84% of New Yorkers think that what's going on right now with this recent influx of migrants is a serious problem. 57% of New Yorkers say it's a very serious problem. And seldom do we see issues where we have four out of five Democrats, Republicans, independents, upstaters, downstaters, all saying this is a serious problem. Mm -hmm. The other issue that we asked in relation to this was we pulled out one of the statements that Mayor Adams recently made talking about how he sees the end to almost every problem, but he doesn't see an end to this problem. And he thinks that the migrant issue will destroy New York City. So we asked the voters, do you agree or disagree uh, with Mayor Adams that this issue could destroy New York City? And by a 58 to 32 percent margin, voters agree with uh, Mayor Adams. Now, here we do see a partisan divide. Uh, 81% of Republicans agree with the the Democratic mayor. 60% of independents agree with him, but Democrats closely divided. 44% of Democrats agree with the mayor, 42% disagree. And what about Latino voters? How do they factor into this? Well, it's interesting. On that question, 60% of white voters 57% of Black voters and 51% of Latino voters 
all agree with the mayor that this issue could destroy New York City. Wow. Okay. That's it, I that's I think that's surprising for a lot of people. A- absolutely. And and if we go back to even that first question, um, even Latinos, more well over 70% of Latinos say that this recent influx is a serious problem for the state. The other thing we did is we asked uh, voters to rate the job that the mayor of New York City, Mayor Adams, is doing, the governor of New York, Governor Hochul, and the Biden administration in Washington, and, and rate the job that those three executives are doing to address this issue. Voters give failing grades to all of them. Hochul, 37% approve of the job she's doing on the migrant issue compared to a majority, 52% who disapprove. For Mayor Adams, it's 30% approved with 46% of voters disapproving. And voters save their their most wrath for the Biden administration. Only 29% of voters think the Biden administration approve of the job that the Biden administration is doing to address this issue, compared to nearly two thirds, 64 percent who disapprove. All right. So then what I guess what do those numbers then tell us? Because a voter who might uh, voice their disappointment in a poll doesn't necessarily mean a voter who absolutely stays home or votes for the other party or does it? Oh, certainly not. And certainly not this far out from an election. Let's remember, you know, we still have more than 12 months till Election Day 2024. A poll is nothing more than a snapshot in time. This is how voters feel right now. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, if we go back a month, nobody thought, at least not that I had heard, that there was going to be a major Middle East war, potentially. Uh, You know, events change the way people think. Um, So we have a a year to Election Day. We have a year worth of events to happen that are going to impact how voters feel by the time they go to the polls next fall. Of course, of course. And so um, when we talk about the impact, I guess, uh, do we have any idea of where Latino voters, at least in the snapshot, like you mentioned, where are they falling? In terms of Mayor Adams, Latinos give him a, a disapproval rating of they 44% of Latinos disapprove the job he's doing, 32% approve. For uh, Governor Hochul, similar, 42% disapprove, 41% approve. And for the Biden administration, almost two to one. 60% of Latinos disapprove compared to 33% who approve. Wow. All right. Well, then what did we learn about where New Yorkers see where the state is headed? Um, of course, New York City being a very big part of the state. But are there, is there apprehension about the state of New York State? Uh, absolutely. Uh, the first question Sienna asks on every statewide poll we do is the same every time. Do you think New York State is on the right track or do you think the state is headed off in the wrong direction? Right now, only 34% of New Yorkers think the state is on the right track. A clear majority, 52%, think we're headed in the wrong direction. Serious uh, partisan divide, 78% of Republicans, 58% of independents uh, think the state is headed in the wrong direction. But Democrats, a plurality, but not a majority, 47% of Democrats think the state is on the right track. 
But overall, New Yorkers are not happy about the direction of the state. They're even more negative about the direction of the country. Right now, only 25% of New Yorkers think the United States is on the right track. Nearly two-thirds, 65%, say the country is headed in the wrong direction. Well, speaking of how New Yorkers view where the country is headed, I'm wondering what New Yorkers think about international issues. We now are dealing with two uh, funding two international war fronts, Ukraine and Israel and Gaza. What did your polling tell us about where New Yorkers are with those two very big issues? Well, New Yorkers are supportive of increased aid for both Ukraine and Israel. The question we ask is, would you support or oppose more military and economic aid for Ukraine, and then also the same question for Israel. 51% of New Yorkers say they support more uh, increased aid for Ukraine compared to 38% who uh, oppose it. For Israel, it's even stronger. 57% support, 32% oppose. Why? Democrats are very similar on both issues. 61% of Democrats support aid for Ukraine, um, 57% of Democrats support aid for Israel. But Republicans, by a 56 to 35% margin, oppose increased aid to Ukraine, but by a 2 to 1 margin, they support increased aid for Israel. So what does that tell us then, that people are fine with funding certain wars but are getting exhausted by others? Well, I don't know that they're getting exhausted. And again, a majority of New Yorkers, uh, including a strong majority of uh, Democrats and, and a good majority of independents, support increased aid for Ukraine. I think what we're seeing in New York is a lot of Republicans in New York, like a lot of what we see out of uh, Washington and the ho House Republicans, uh, mm -hmm. certainly the former president has uh, indicated he's not supportive of, of more Ukrainian aid. So I think there's a lot of uh, consternation, shall we say, okay. in the Republican Party right now as to whether they want to support or oppose. But right now, a majority of New York Republicans oppose aid to Ukraine. All right. Well, final question. And speaking of consternation or downright concern, that's the issue of crime in New York City. And I understand that was also a poll question. And how did that turn out? Yeah, well, for several uh, for the last couple of years, Siena would ask voters regularly how serious a crime, uh, how serious a problem is crime in New York State and in your community. We hadn't asked it for the last several months got tied up on other issues. So when we went back to voters this month, what we said is, over the last year, would you say the crime problem in New York State has gotten better, stayed about the same, gotten worse? Only 9% of New Yorkers think the crime problem has gotten better over the last year. Another more than quarter, 28%, think it stayed about the same. However, 59% of New Yorkers, a clear, strong majority, think the crime problem in the state has gotten worse over the last year. Now, I think that's interesting because you say in the state, was there any difference between, quote unquote, upstate and downstate? Or was that just ubiquitous across New York state? It's interesting. There's very not there's some difference, but uh, New York City voters, 51 percent of New York City voters think it has gotten worse. The crime problem has gotten worse. But 64% of downstate suburban voters and 64%, the same 64% of upstate voters, 
uh, think that the problem in the state has gotten worse. Wow. Well, you know, just to bring that back to our original topic, and that was, of course, uh, the migrant issue, which I do not want to attempt to tie to what we were just talking about. But I just wonder if there was a difference between the way upstate New Yorkers and uh, New York Cityers <laughs> and the difference between the way that the influx of migrants is being viewed, because not all parts of the state are feeling it equally. Yeah, no, that is true. But no, when we, what's interesting is when we look at the migrant issue, we see on on many of the questions, little variation between Democrats and Republicans. So there there is a strong feeling among all New Yorkers that this is a problem, that their elected officials are not addressing it adequately to their satisfaction and that they would like to see it addressed. It's not unlike the crime problem if we go back a year and think back to the gubernatorial campaign last year mm -hmm. between Hochul and Zeldin, certainly crime was that issue last year. This year, it feels like it's the migrant issue. However, when we ask voters about crime, they say that's getting worse, too. Wow. Well, I for me, I think my big takeaway is the little difference between Democrats and Republicans. This might be one of the few times that we hear that phrase. <laughs> Well, Steve, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to break down the latest uh, Siena College poll. We look forward to hearing uh, about more snapshots of where voters are as we head towards the eventual 2024 presidential and congressional, et cetera, elections. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. We'll be polling ev almost every month between now and then. We, we look forward to hearing about it. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening and welcome to Metrofocus. I'm Jack Ford. New York is facing a fare and toll evasion crisis with losses topping almost $700 million last year alone. That according to a new blue ribbon panel appointed to study and combat the evasion threat. The 16 member group found the problem spiked sharply after the pandemic, threatening the transit system's financial stability and tearing at the social fabric of New York. They've also come up with recommendations to address this issue without aggressive policing, which critics say unfairly targets the city's most vulnerable. And for more on their findings and possible solutions, we're joined tonight by the co-chairs of the panel on MTA Fair and Toll Evasion, Rose-Pierre Louis, who serves as executive director of NYU's McSilver Institute for Poverty Policy and Research, and Roger Maldonado, an attorney and former president of the New York City Bar Association. So, Welcome to both of you. Thank you so much for joining us. We got a lot to talk about here. So let's start with getting a, a sense of the magnitude of the problem. And Rose, let me come to you and, and give us what the panel was dealing with here. Sure. Uh, so as a panel, we were tasked at looking at the issue of fare and toll evasion across the entire system. So that includes our buses, our subways, our commuter rails, and bridges and tunnels. And what we learned from our work over the better half of a year was that the issue of fare evasion is a very serious problem uh, for the MTA. And certainly the impact is uh, very serious for New Yorkers. When we're looking in total across the system, it's $690 million. Um, Again, that is a very serious problem for the MTA and certainly for New Yorkers when we're seeing this literally 
tear the social fabric of our communities. So for example, when you look at buses, which has the highest rate of evasion, we're talking about something like $385 million in lost revenue during evasion, uh, due to evasion. And certainly we see the same uh, to a lesser le level on subways, but across the system, we are seeing millions, hundreds and millions of dollars being lost to this issue. All right, so significant financial impact here. Let's let's talk about some of the findings of the panel. And Rose, you just mentioned something that I thought was interesting. And Roger, let me come to you and let's talk about it a little bit more. I suspect if you asked anybody who's involved in the, the transportation system in New York and they said, all right, fair evasion, what are we talking about here? I suspect most people will say, people jump in the turnstiles in the subway. But it doesn't okay. sound like that was, I mean, certainly a problem, but it doesn't sound like that was the the primary one that people might have suspected it to be. Roger, what'd you find? Well, it's, it's interesting because when I was first approached by Jeremy Fagelson to join the panel, that was my reaction also. I thought that, you know, how are we going to stop teenagers from jumping turnstiles without sending them all to Rikers? And the truth is that even on subways, uh, where uh, the, the main source of fare evasion is not jumping turnstiles, it's the emergency slam gates through, that are opened by someone who's coming out, you know, leaving the system, opens the gate, and then persons who were lined up to actually pay their fares see the open gate and just stream through, and it becomes almost like a conga line. So among the panel's recommendations to address fare evasion is to look for ways to replace the current fare gate system in the subways so that there is no need to maintain the emergency gates. These new gates will um, default to open so that in case of an emergency, you don't have to have a different exit to go through. They'll all be open and you can leave. And so amongst our recommendations was let's use technology to try and minimize the opportunities for fare evasion and actually maximize the uh, the sense of it's a friendly system. These these new fare gates are ones that will be, you know, they'll be clear. They're not the corkscrews that you have to sort of you know, maneuver through to be able to get out. They're not so looking like jail cell doors. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, Rose, let me come back to you and, and let's talk again about some findings and, and possible remedies here. And you mentioned before the fact that it was it was buses that provided a higher amount, if you would, of, of invasion violations and dollars lost. So Roger talked about a little bit about some of the suggestions for the subway system. What, are, what about buses and how is it that buses are the ones? Because people who travel the buses will tell you, well, wait a minute, I can't get on the bus unless I've got a card here. Uh, so how is it that buses end up being the, the most significant site of violations? And what's the panel suggesting about that? So evasion on buses happens a couple of ways. You have people that literally come on the bus and either don't tap through the Omni system where you could use your card or your, your smartphone or literally putting money into the fare box or using your Metro card. Some people are either choosing not to pay at all or uh, not putting enough in terms of uh, the total fare to, to ride on the bus. Also, some people are just literally getting on on the back of the bus, right? And mm -hmm. if you uh, recall in the report, it talks about during COVID uh, for health and safety 
purposes, riders were directed to uh, enter the bus from the back. And one of our recommendations in, in the report in this regard to really stem the tide of fare evasion is to ensure that there is the appropriate messaging, but also we uh, are calling for uh, increased numbers of special investigators. And those are part of the Eagle team that, that literally check if you paid your fare. These are civilians that are part of the MTA and they have typically been focused on uh, SBS, which is the express service. But through our report, the rec recommendation is that not only do we do it on SBS, but we also uh, put that kind of enforcement on regular bus service. Roger, let me jump in on with you on this. And and that is the notion of how do we police this? All right. And just explain the concept for the buses. Again, I suspect if you lined up 10 people who take the subways, let's focus on the subways for a second, and said, what, what should you do? I suspect many, if not most, or even all of them would say more police. What's and the, the finding? Went, yeah, what did the, how did the panel look at that? And what did the panel come up with? The panel was very clear, both in terms of its composition and its mandate from the MTA, that the solution here was not more policing. In fact, as Rose just described, on buses, no police. It's it's civilian enforcement. Mm -hmm. But even in the subways, to the we do recommend that there be enforcement and that the police be involved. Step one for uh, enforcement in the subways by police officers is not an immediate summons. Step one is to give an official warning, one that is provided and documented, so that there's no question that the warning is going to be consistently applied. Step number two would be to uh, issue um, a tab summons, one that is not a criminal proceeding, but um, those summonses, per our recommendations, could be turned into a lesser fine for persons who were evading because of a lack of funds. Amongst our recommendations is to increase eligibility for fair fares, where you get 50 a 50% subsidy on the fares, to persons in, within New York City of uh, who are at 200% of the federal poverty level, thus you know bringing hundreds of thousands of working poor into the uh, system in ways that they will be able to afford riding on our uh, subways and our our buses. The uh, the other component is to look to involve the community in whatever enforcement there will be. We are recommending that there be so-called um, no evasion uh, stations where there will be uh, announcements prior to um, actual enforcement activity saying, this is what's going to happen. And you will involve community members in educating the public, you will involve community members in making um, applications for fair, fair fares uh, available at the stations. And you will in, make clear that what's going on here is a desire to ensure that there are everyone is paying their fair fares for, for two different reasons. One, to sustain the system that is vital to, to the tri-state area to be able to maintain its economic engine, but also out of a sense of fairness. You, you, it, if you are someone who's paying your fare and you see a stream of people walking through the emergency gate not paying it, it's you, you ask yourself, why am I doing this? And it, we need to instill through public education and continued enforcement efforts 
a civic duty, the sense that I, I, I must pay this not just because it's required by law, but as a, a resident and a member of this community of this uh, city, I should be doing so to support the system. It's the right thing to do, essentially. Um, I, I got uh, about a minute and a half or so. so. Last question, Rose, let me come to you for this. I mentioned in the introduction that part of the focus of the panel was to look at whether there were, was a disparate, disparate effect on the Black and Latino communities in terms of enforcement here. Uh, what did you find in suggestions? Certainly, uh, just uh, Roger just outlined it uh, extensively in terms of enforcement. What we talk about in the report is that we want uh, enforcement to be firmer and fairer. We do acknowledge uh, the work of one of our colleagues or panel colleagues, David Jones from the Community Service Society, who was really in the forefront in, hi in, in highlighting the disparate impact of enforcement actions on black and brown communities. So in our report, as, as Roger just outlined, we want enforcement to be firmer yet fairer. And we want to ensure that enforcement efforts happen throughout all neighborhoods, right? All uh, communities that it's done, uh, these enforcement actions are done equitably and, uh, and all neighborhoods throughout New York City. Let me sneak in one last question. I got about 30 seconds left here. So Roger, I'll come to you for the last word. And that is, uh, panel did a lot of work, uh, came up with a lot of findings and recommendations. Are you optimistic that your recommendations will in fact be implemented? Yes, we are. Um, the The MTA is already committed to replacing the fare gates at, in the subways. The MTA is committed to increasing the number of Eagle Team uh, members, and it's committed to um, spreading them throughout different parts of the system, the bus system. Uh, there are many other recommendations, such as the increased eligibility for fare fares that do require legislative action. But we have had very good uh, reactions from the stakeholders, including governmental stakeholders, to the need for the recommendations that we've made. So uh, we are very hopeful that many, if not all, of the recommendations over time will be enforced. Well, Roger Maldonado, Rose Pierre-Louis, good work by both of you and the entire panel here, I'm sure. New Yorkers will be pleased uh, to hear that there is going to be a focus on all this and that, that that money can be utilized the way it should be utilized. So thanks so much for the work you did on the panel. Thanks for spending some time and talking with us. You both take care now. Thank you. you. Thanks for tuning in to MetroFocus. You can take our award-winning program with you wherever you go with MetroFocus, the podcast. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. Or simply ask your smart speaker to play MetroFocus, the podcast. Also available at MetroFocus.org, WLIW.org slash radio, and on the NPR One app.